On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Father in heaven, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity that you have given me and this blessing that we're going to bring to so many of the listeners on the Choose to Think podcast. Father, I ask that you would be with us, that that we may speak clearly and boldly about who you are in our faith, and that you would just be a part of our conversation every second that we're chatting, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just start by reading a little bit about you, Jocelyn. This is so impressive. Jocelyn is native of Hazelcrest, Illinois. She received her bachelor's degree from the University of Iowa in journalism. After receiving her BA, Jocelyn worked for Channel 20, WYCC. What did you do, by the way? I was uh, working in the programming department uh, for quite some time. So behind the scenes. Oh, see, I would have put you in front. I already, in my mind, I had you in front. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. It says that uh, you left the television industry to work at the ARC, A-R-K of St. Sabina, where you served for 11 years, eight of which were in the role of executive director. While working at the ARC, Jocelyn earned her master's degree from the University of Chicago in social work. After accepting her call to ministry, she went on to complete her master's degree in theological studies from McCormick Theological Seminary. I'm so jealous. That's one degree. If I had to go back, that's what I would do. I I just think maybe that's in my future. I don't know. Jocelyn is an ordained minister and the founder of Faith on the Journey, a company committed to showing the world that God's word has the power to heal. She is the author of the book, Breaking the Power of the Mask and a training facilitator with the Trauma Healing Institute. Okay, welcome Jocelyn to the Choose to Think podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here, Victoria. Well, I'm gonna read this next little blurb because this is kind of the meat of our conversation today. And you wrote to me, you said, since childhood, each of us has been trained in the art of wearing a mask. This mask, like a physical one, is designed to deflect, hide, and prevent the outside world from seeing what lies underneath. Many of us are carrying a tremendous amount of pain behind a mask. It's time for us to begin to deal with the hidden wounds from our past so God can heal us. So can you unpack that for us a little bit? I know that ties in directly, obviously, to your book, but what is this mask wearing all about? Well, uh, it's something that we're all familiar with. Uh, for those of, who are watching right now on social media or on podcasts, uh, you might see people um, 
flashing uh, pictures with smiles and as if everything's okay. We always want to present our best selves to the world um, in church. Uh, if you uh, belong to a faith community, uh, we we often hear, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be depressed. And, you know, sometimes it's like, no, no, you got some stuff going on, but um, you haven't been given the space to allow people to see what's really going on. Um, there's this uh, persona that we like to present to the world about being strong. You know, I, I always uh, hear in my culture, we talk a lot about the strong black woman, um, mm. but it, in many cultures, we hear that. We also hear, uh, don't air your dirty laundry outside or, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. These are all things that are, are sculpting the mask that we wear. You know, in my first chapter of my book, I, I wrote about us being given this mask. We didn't make it. We were given this mask because many of us have not been allowed the space to, to be authentic about our feelings, to say what's really going on inside. I think about it, Victoria, and I, I'm definitely guilty of this. Have you ever been in a situation where you started to cry and you almost felt yourself apologizing for, for tearing up? What, why do we apologize for, for shedding tears? That's a natural expression of what's going on inside, but something in us has been taught that it's not okay to, to show vulnerability. And so all of these aspects, these are just a few examples of the mask that we wear. And, and we think about it, it's so funny, the timing of this, because we all have been wearing physical masks when it comes to COVID for the last year. Many of us are very tired of wearing a mask. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of parallels between the two, because just like the mask that we wear for, for COVID to protect us from the virus, the emotional mask that we wear when it comes to uh, protecting ourselves from having other people see our vulnerability, uh, protecting ourselves from possibly being hurt again. There's a lot mm -hmm. of things that we do, a, a, a lot of reasons that is behind why we wear a mask. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where just like the mask we wear for COVID, it, it also creates a barrier to intimacy. So if you were like me, there's been times where I'm sitting in a room talking to someone and they have their mask on and I have my mask on and it is it, it's, it's not the same. I can't see their facial expressions. It's hard for me to read what's going on. And the same thing when we're wearing this emotional mask, uh, sometimes we even wear it with people who are really close to us, a spouse, a, a, a child, a, a parent. We still don't let them see what's really going on and it prevents intimacy because anybody who really who really cares for you who loves you they want to know you all of you not just what you present to the world and so at some point just like we have to take that mask off that we've been wearing uh, throughout our day for covid we have to take the mask off that we're wearing emotionally to allow people to see who we really are okay i have a question about all of this because I think you're spot on and I'm sure I have like probably a gazillion masks that I throw on <laughs> to protect myself or whatever, but is there a line to be drawn though between let's say being professional and being transparent, authentic, being real, but not we certainly we have to execute some kind of wisdom in all of this. For example, if I walk into my Spanish classroom on the university campus 
And let's say I've had a horrible day or I'm struggling with something, or maybe I was even crying on my way to that class to walk and then I step in. It doesn't seem appropriate to me to just be maskless and to just say, let me just lay it out there. And this is what's going on in my life and blah, 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 blah. You know, I think a mask might be good in that scenario, but just even in general, what kind of counsel might you give on that fine line between being totally transparent versus being authentic? If that, does that yes. make sense? So good, yes. Um, I, a quote came to mind as you started asking this question. I hope I get it right. It was uh, when I was listening to Beth Moore at a conference. Mm -hmm. And I believe she said, uh, we should be authentic with all, transparent with most. And um, I believe it was intimate with a few. A few. And it, okay. it, it's something to that effect, right? Um, because you're right. We can't just walk into the workplace and just have like, just our our makeup, our eyeliner just dripping down our face, and we're just, just a hot mess right before a presentation. There's sometimes we have to just get ourselves together to push yeah. through. And nobody uh, really wants to hear this stuff either. You know, <laughs> they they're not. It's like mm, no, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, at the same time, however, um, I, I have found that there's balance in that because mm -hmm. it, in that same scenario, right? If say for instance we lost a loved one. Different, mm -hmm. some, something really traumatic, something happened. You know, I, I encourage someone, it, hopefully you have a supervisor who would actually care <laughs> about you and your well-being to say, hey, I'm dealing with this right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best to push through, but I just, I just need you to know this is what's happening. And to what extent, what you share that you want to use discernment. But I think that goes with the being authentic piece to at least acknowledge, hey, I'm not in the best space right now. And, and I think most people will respect that because they understand that they have had moments like that as well. But I also remember reading a quote by Beth Moore, and I think this is, is so crucial to your point. Not everybody's at a place where they understand the sacredness of your story and mm -hmm. who they've, they haven't earned the right to necessarily hear all the details, the intimate details of your story, right? And so we have to use discernment on who we remove, completely the, remove the mask in front of. Because if we, for example, have experienced some traumatic moments in our lives or just painful events, uh, might not be tra traumatic, it might be something where we're, we're dealing with some grief and we might have expected the person to pass away, but it still hurts nonetheless. You know, we, we, we need to be around people who, who are able to walk with us without judgment of our emotions um, and who will uh, care for us the way we need to be cared for. Not everyone is at that space and not everyone is okay with you removing your mask. And I will give a, a perfect example. There have been many cases that I've worked with individuals who've experienced some level of abuse or trauma or some toxic things that have happened within their, their family system, uh, whether it was from childhood or even into their adult years. And for them, they want to be at a place where they're no longer carrying that secret because it's eating them up inside. Yet their family was like, no, no, we don't talk about this. So, so now this person's in a situation where they're struggling to say, I feel like I need to share this for my healing, but 
the family's not at a place where they're ready to address that. And so this is when a person does have to seek counsel, discernment, um, because if, for example, it might be a parent, someone else in the family that they, they want to address this with, that mm -hmm. individual might not be ready to receive it yet. But we have to figure out what you need to do so you're not com completely holding this all inside, continuing to hide what's going on behind the mask because they're not ready. Your healing should not be contingent on them per se. We have right. to figure out and explore other ways for you to be able to express yourself in a safe space so that you're no longer hiding and burying your pain behind this mask. If we look at your book, Jocelyn, how many chapters are in the book? And basically, what is each chapter about? I start off talking about just uh, helping people to understand that we wearing this mask is real. Uh, and then I talk about pain pits. And that's really, in the spiritual sense, strongholds, uh, spaces in our lives where we just feel stuck in our pain because of something that's going on. And there's a number of things that can happen that can cause this. I cover three in the book, which is shame, mm. unforgiveness, and grief and loss. So I dive deep into those subjects. And then I talk about how when we don't find a space to remove our mask to, to actually begin the healing process, what can happen? The adverse effects that we're unaware of, how it can show up in ways that, we're you know, that are unexpected, how it can affect us physically, how it can affect our relationships. And so talking about that, making people aware of the seriousness of this, and then we go into the process of actually getting the courage to remove the mask, the process, and then the healing, that's that the, the healing process, if you will. And let me just say this, one thing that I express every time I speak is that everyone's healing journey is different. So I can't say if you do A, B, and C exactly like this, this is gonna get you to exactly where you need to go because your situation is unique. God made you, you know, unique. And, and in that respect, when we look at even the stories in the Bible, each experience, how Jesus went about healing people, it was different, right? right? And so I give frameworks on different things that I've seen has worked for people and said, hey, pray over this. Um, look at, you know, these, these stories and how they can possibly relate to your life and how they can apply to your healing journey. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, towards the end of the book, I just talk about how we all have testimonies. I refer to them as beauty marks, uh, beauty marks that we, we have from the different things that we've gone through. And they're beauty marks because they're, they're symbolic of us surviving. You know, they're symbolic of us making it through something that could have taken us out. But it's, it's a, a reminder of God's grace and how we were able to survive those experiences. And so I talk about that and how at the end of, at the, end of the day, uh, because none of us arrive until we, we make it to glory. Right. Uh, we all can be wounded healers. We've gone through some things, but we can help other individuals along the way on their healing journey. And so I encourage people at the end of the book to look at how God can use, because that's one thing I want to emphasize. God does not waste anything. Mm -hmm. He does not waste a tear. He does not waste anything that you've gone through. And so I encourage people to look at how God can use even the most difficult experiences of their lives to do something incredible. Do you have a personal testimony or a story of this, say from start to finish, like, okay, I recognize I'm wearing this mask and I'm going to deal with this now. And then 
weeks, months, years, even down the road from step A to, to the final, okay, I'm healed. And now I'm willing to share that. I'm willing to help others and kind of, uh, you know, on their journey. Do you have a story that you might share either personally or maybe something you mentioned in the book? For me, I, I have definitely struggled with the mask of perfectionism. Uh, I, I speak about that a lot that I'm a recovering perfectionist <laughs> because it still sometimes sneaks up on me that I feel like I have to present myself in this perfect way to receive love from others. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, dealing with some of the mistakes that I've made in my early 20s with just toxic relationships with men who uh, mistreated me, uh, there was a lot of shame around that that I experienced. And I didn't realize how the, the shame that I was carrying, almost as if it was a scarlet letter or something that I, I describe in the book. You know, there, there's, there's shame sometimes that we carry that prevents us from even embracing something that's good entering in our lives. For example, when I uh, started a healthy relationship after being in so many toxic relationships, I started doing things to self-sabotage, which many mm. of us find ourselves doing. And it took me saying, okay, Jocelyn, you really have to deal with this because you present yourself in this world as if you have things all together. You have the education, you have a job, you know, on social media, again, this bright, big smile as if everything's right. okay. And it really, I was dealing with so much pain. And so in that, that's when I realized, okay, you're going to have to really start diving deep into this. And I, I also tell people that you don't need to deal with this alone because mm -hmm. shame often isolates you, you, you find yourself saying, I I'm carrying this, this scarlet letter, if you will, by myself. And I don't want to let anybody else in to see what I'm struggling with. And for me in chapter seven of my book, I, I talk about an experience that was really huge for me because I attended a women's retreat. And I remember the woman asking a question and it, it, it literally just made my heart stop. She asked, tell us about a time in your life that broke you. And for me, it was like something where I hadn't really dealt with some of the trauma that I experienced in previous relationships. And so uh, the, the, the idea of sharing it publicly, I had a, one of my best friends happened to be in the room with me and I hadn't even talked to her about it. So I was like having like this conversation with God, like, oh, I know you're not about to make me embarrass myself in front of all these people in this room, you know, right. because for, for, for someone who's dealing with, uh, who just, who's used to wearing a mask all their life, the idea of being authentic and transparent is, is scary, but I just felt the Holy spirit nudging me saying it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I eventually had enough courage to share that experience. And I mean, it was, I had the ugly cry. If you know about the ugly cry, I did it, <laughs> but, okay. but I, I, I got an, enough out to just share what I had gone through. And in that space afterwards, there were three women who came up to me individually who said, mm. I went through the exact same thing too. Wow. And that just, it, it reminded me we are not alone in this. Like, mm -hmm. it, unfortunately, there's there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to right. our struggles. Uh, but 
when you realize that there's other people who have gone through and have survived by the grace of God, it gives you hope. And so for me, that was a pivotal moment. You know, I, I still, I don't encourage people to run out in the middle of the street and tell all your business, right. but there will be times where you feel prompted to share. And um, if God is leading you in that direction and you feel like the space is safe, for me, that was a safe space for me to share, then I encourage you to do so. And the second piece of it is, I also encourage you, if you've experienced some trauma, to, to meet with someone who can accompany you, who's a professional, who's a counselor, who, who can walk with you. And the beautiful thing is there's Christian counselors out here who can pair, you know, who can base what they're saying, rooted in the word of God, but who also understand trauma, if that's something right. that you've experienced, and who can help you to kind of navigate this journey that you're going to be on, this healing path. Okay, so after there was that confession for you, that sharing in that very safe setting, then eventually you went home and maybe back to work or whatever. What was next? What was the next? Maybe you sought counsel too, I'm not sure, but did you do anything else, just kind of you and the Lord to, to kind of prod this healing process along? Yeah, it was, was time with God. Uh, it was uh, rooting myself in scripture, uh, really studying what the word of God says about me. I think that the devil likes to tell us so many lies. He's the father of lies. And, and we can believe them because we've been so used to hearing them. We don't even understand. We don't even know how to decipher. Is it my thoughts or the devil? Because we're just so used to it. And so for me, I had to really dive into truth. I emerge myself into God's word. And then, yes, the second piece was counseling. Um, I, you know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. I say everybody needs to be on somebody's couch, you know, to help you to work through um, some of the things because just there's going to be blind spots that we have. Uh, there's going to be certain things that there's narratives. Uh, and we, we talked about this before because I had you on my show. Yes. Uh, there's, there's certain narratives that we've embraced that are not true and need to be de deconstructed. And so having someone who is, says, well, hmm, tell me, tell me wh wh what is this based on again? What, where do you, why do you think this is true? To kind of just help you to kind of see, hmm, maybe this is not necessarily the case. And if you have someone again, who's Christian counsel, they can really help you to uh, tie it back to the ultimate truth, right? Right. This sounds, you know, you and I kind of sing the same song, I think, Jocelyn, and I had such a good time on your show, by the way, and <laughs> and so thrilled to have you here on the Choose to Think podcast, but what, as a, as a certified life coach, I just received my certification, so I'm so excited Congrats. about that, a Christian life coach, <laughs> but the difference between coaching and counseling, one difference is that a counselor is a, a medical professional equipped to deal with all kinds of, you know, emotional issues and the processes and unpacking even traumatic events and so forth. Whereas a coach, it, like I am, is very much forward focused. But in my 
ministry, I do have the privilege of digging a little bit into the thought process because I call myself America's number one thought coach. That's a Christian thought coach. That's what I'm calling myself these days. And people are like, yes, I love that. that's a thought coach. I'm like, well, let me tell you. But <laughs> I've kind of designed these seven basic steps that, that we take. And that's why I was a little curious about the process that you're taking here, that you're, you know, involved in stripping off these masks. And the, in a nutshell, the seven steps that I like to take coaching clients through, it's not like any kind of, you know, medical feedback or analysis in any way, but it is just a different perspective. So sometimes even having someone just step alongside you, especially when you're in your head so much, and then you're sharing some of your thoughts or conclusions, it's so easy for others to see, mm, wait a minute, we're off base there. It's kind of easy to see, but more in the here and now, and this is where you are, and this is where you'd like to be later. So I get to try to help people, you know, go forward in a, in a new way, but it's recognizing step one with the, the seven R's, and it would be recognizing what you're thinking about. And in a way, it's like recognizing you're wearing a mask. And when you're wearing this mask, it comes with a whole lot of, of thoughts and assumptions and things you may be thinking or believing that may not be true about yourself. And so it's that first step has got to be that recognition and, you know, thinking, yes, what am I thinking about? It's that analytical kind of approach. And often we write those down because there's such power in journaling and writing down and try to categorize that way. And then we do reject or resist anything that's a lie. And you're so right. So often we, we believe so many things. We just accept them lock, stock and barrel. And there they go. And, mm -hmm. and our thoughts influence our emotions, which in turn influence our behavior. So if we're having kind of icky behavior or habits or tendencies, we probably can trace it right back to something we're thinking or believing that may not be true. Step three or the third R is to replace that lie or that untruth or that self-doubt, whatever it is that doesn't line up with who God says he is, who he says you are, or what he says about the scenario that doesn't line up. We need to replace that with what he does say about those things, with his actual truth. And often that's a scriptural truth. I call them truth leads because the truth is what will lead us in a healthy and wholesome direction. And then the fourth step or almost a result is that we, are, we then recognize that we have a renewed mind. We are actually being transformed. Sometimes you don't realize you know, it changes is funny. And like you said, the healing journey is unique to everyone. It may take weeks on one issue, months or years on another, but it's, it's, you know, God's timing and all of that. But, but we, we recognize that, wow, I'm changing because our thoughts do change. Our mind influences the gray matter, our actual brain, because it's neuroplastic. And so we want to de-energize those thoughts that are not true that are toxic or caustic and we want to re-energize and give life to the thoughts that are lined up with God's word and then of course we have to repeat it and over and over and, and some studies show it takes it can take months really for that old icky thought to just dissipate and for the new one to be brought to life and then finally throughout all of this we have to rely on God 
and because it's his spirit in us that enables us to even you know partner with him and recognize the truth he, he quickens that truth within us and finally we rest we've got to also as we're relying on god it's not like we can say i'm going to heal going to heal i'm going to heal i'm going to heal and then suddenly we're healed i mean i guess it could be that way but for me personally i found that it's more of a, a progressive journey and i'm 100 responsible but yet god is 100 doing the healing work it's that that kind of dynamic that's there that's hard to understand but i do have responsibility in my own emotional health and even though God does the healing work, somehow I've got to be involved in it. And so those are kind of like the, the seven R's that I use. And they sound so similar to what, to what you explain in, in this mask wearing. Yes. So if Jocelyn, if you could speak to that one individual who may be listening and you say, you know what, um, this person is saying, I know I'm wearing a mask. I, I'm so well aware of it and it's about to drive me bonkers. I, I'm done with it. I've had it. Just in a nutshell, what would you advise them to do? What would be that first step for them? Well, I'll say that I've been there and I still struggle with it. Um, I think that's something that uh, none of us can say that we haven't struggled with wearing a mask. And I know it'll be hard for you to remove it. Uh, it takes a lot of courage but you can. I, I encourage this person who might be listening or watching uh, to, you know, just be prayerful about mm -hmm. who, who would be that one person. Start off with one. Again, it's not going out and talking to everybody. It's finding that one person mm -hmm. initially that you can be just completely yourself, can, can be naked, if you, if you will, in front of, and just say what is really going on in your life. And when you realize, especially if you, if you're in front of someone who loves you and, and wants to be there to support you, when you realize that they, they didn't judge you, they, they are supportive, they want to walk with you, uh, that does something for you because then you realize, okay, you know, even if this person is not able to take the pain away, I'm no longer harboring this, this secret, this burden uh, in silence. You know, sometimes just giving voice to the pain is the is really I found the first step, right? And so I just encourage that person to find that one. And then if if you can plug into community, and I, I do have a couple of resources, Victoria, I could share in regards yes. to that. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So okay, great, great. So one thing that we offer through my company, Faith on the Journey, mm -hmm. is healing groups. And it's powerful because it, it, it combines mental health principles with studying God's word. Mm -hmm. And it focuses on helping individuals to heal from trauma uh, in a safe space. And so if, if any of the people who are watching or listening right now are looking for that, I encourage them to, to check that out on our website. Uh, and that's faithonthejourney.org. Mm -hmm. Again, that's faith on the journey.org. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. Yes. And we, we have healing groups throughout the year to give you a space where people won't even know you, you know, there'll be people who have never met you before. You might not ever see them again afterwards, but it'll allow you to have, you know, an opportunity just to hear from other, 
hear from others about their healing journey mm -hmm. and to share whatever you feel comfortable sharing in a safe space. So mm -hmm. I just encourage you to find community to help you to continue to move forward and then to plug into resources, whether it's, it's what you offer as a, a life coach, Victoria, mm -hmm. or if someone feels like they, they need to, to seek out counseling, there's no shame is really what I'm trying to say and, and getting the help that you need so that you can fully, you know, embrace the healing that belongs to you as a child of God. Mm -hmm. You also have a free mini course and wor workbook available, Jocelyn. I do. I okay. Do. Okay. Yeah. So anyone who wants to check out my book, um, there's a link to get my book on the Faith on the Journey website. Okay. But also, um, when you go to that that page for the book, there's a, a link for free book resources. And there you'll find uh, information on the workbook and the mini course, all things to help you to just dive deeper into uh, the steps that I describe in the book to help you on your healing journey. Very good. And this is just good, kind of maybe even a silly question, but could you say a number of masks that you have dealt with? Like how many are we talking about here? Oh, <laughs> I'm just oh. curious. It's so funny because like it's, it's, the mask can definitely morph. You know, I can name a couple of ones that come off the top of my head, but I, I mentioned the perfectionist mask, uh, the mask of strength. Uh, mm. We have um, the mask of uh, called the people pleaser. The, the, uh, the person who's Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Nice Woman, who is always just bending to please others uh, to avoid conflict. Uh, we have uh, individuals who are Mr. or Mrs. Tough, the tough guy, if you will, um, who, in other words, I, I, I'll just say it can be a jerk. Right. <laughs> they could be, they, they come off as being bitter, um, rude. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's, can be just a reflection of the, the fact that they've just been hurt and have not dealt with their pain. Right. Uh, so I, I see different, different masks that show up in different ways. Um, some people work all the time, work, workaholics, you know, uh, mm -hmm. some people um, have to always be in control. So power and control. So that it just shows up in different forms. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really what we present to the world, how we want the world to see us um, but in an effort to hide what's really going on, on underneath. Mm, yeah, that's so good. I think of all the color coded different materials of COVID masks and, you know, you just, I'm going here, I'll put this one on. I'm going here, I'll do this. And yeah. Wow. So good. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. This is just, it's fascinating. I love the work that you do and your heart for the Lord and your incredible the way that you've articulated all of this, it makes sense. It really just flat out makes sense. And the good news that you share is that nobody has to stay stuck there. And there is joy and peace and fulfillment on the other side of all of this and health, emotional health and healing. And most of us probably desire to walk there and be there, yet all of us have struggled on getting there or finding our way there, I would say. And so you're kind of lifting the lid off on, on a way to let's just be real and you've articulated and 
kind of analyzed and categorized in ways that really make sense. And I like the process of all of that. And, you know, you start here and these are some best practices you can do, like get that community, get in that community for support. And, and then it just slowly one day, if you keep at it, you'll find that the, the healing is actually there. So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing and for blessing us. I hope you enjoyed this message as much as I did and that you are now contemplating mask wearing in a brand new light. Listen, if you found this episode encouraging and helpful, would you please share it on social media, tagging me when you do? And if you haven't subscribed yet to the Choose to Think podcast, if you do, I will love you forever. That's scientific fact right there. And you can also find the full unedited video interview with Jocelyn on my YouTube channel at Victoria D. Walker. And I would love, love it if you subscribe there and click the bell notification icon so that we can stay in touch that way as well, especially if you're a YouTuber. Now, you can reach out to Jocelyn J. Jones on Facebook and YouTube by visiting those sites and typing in Faith on the Journey. Her ministry site is also called Faith on the Journey.org. And if you go there, she has a free workbook and mini course ready for you to help you start your healing journey. Her book is called The Power of the Mask. And you can find out more about the book, purchase it if you'd like, at breakingthemask.com. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.